I'm Alicia Bingham, and this is Proactive Thoughts, episode 33, Why Pornography Use Doesn't Make You or Your Loved One Bad. Did you know that you can live the life you want simply by being proactive with your thoughts? My name is Alicia Bingham. I'm a life coach, a mental health advocate, and a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you come with me, I can show you how. Hey everyone, how's it going? Today's topic can be a little bit on the heavier, more serious side, but I think it's really important to discuss as it's a rising problem and can impact so many people silently. I want to talk about pornography today. This episode is for all people, whether you struggle with it yourself, whether you know someone who struggles with it, or whether you think someone you know might struggle with it in the future. As we know, it's a rising problem with the future generations as children grow up with these things around them more and more. It's becoming a bigger problem, right? Now, as I discuss this subject, just know that masturbation goes along with it in many cases. Sometimes they're separate, but for the purposes of this episode, I'm talking about both in general whenever I mention it, okay? All the thoughts I'm going to offer in this episode will be applicable to either scenario, whether it's someone who struggles with just pornography, just masturbation, or both, okay? But before I get into the meat of the topic today, I want to remind you of my current offer to get some coaching with a free mini session. If you or a loved one could benefit from getting some personalized help or are interested in learning if what I offer is right for you, hop on to BinghamCoaching.com to sign up. Pornography can feel pretty heavy sometimes, so don't go through this journey on your own. Whether you're struggling with it or you have a loved one going through it, I can help you cope and learn the tools that will help you create what you want for your life. So pornography is a pretty taboo subject, but more particularly in the culture of my church. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has very clear statements on pornography, which you can easily find in a search of their website. I found the following two quotes under gospel topics on churchofjesuschrist.org. Pornography is a tool of the adversary, and its use causes the Spirit of the Lord to withdraw from us. And President M. Russell Ballard counseled, If you are involved in it, if you are entrapped in this practice, get spiritual help now. You can overcome pornography with the Savior's assistance. Do not wait. The church warns against this practice and calls people to come into Christ and repent. It's not taboo for the church as an organization. However, in the culture of many people in the church, it seems to be avoided. No one really talks about it. Or if they do, it's brief, maybe glossed over, and almost tiptoed around. Having a discussion about pornography can create a lot of discomfort for people. People are not sure what to say or they're worried about offending others, right? Now, I believe this is in part because of people's misunderstanding of the atonement of Jesus Christ, which I'll get into more here in a minute, but also in part because it's very private and personal in nature. You're typically not viewing pornography on the big screen in front of your family, right? Even if it's not a secret from your family, which in most cases it is a secret from the family, but for most people, it's done in private, right? For those who are members of the same church as me, it's something we believe is a sin or is taking us away from Christ spiritually. Generally speaking, most people in my church would likely agree they don't want to be viewing pornography or have a loved one who does so. 
It's viewed as one of the worst sins you could commit, just behind murder and adultery and severity. It's big, it's heavy, it's scary, and we don't want to have anything to do with it, right? So here we have this sin, right? It's something that's wrong that takes you away from God. It's private in nature, so there's some secrecy to it already. But put on top of that the fact that many in the church view it as this terrible thing that's heavy and devastating if someone does it, and it creates a layer of shame on top of the sin. This is where misunderstanding the atonement of Jesus Christ comes in for a lot of people. Most people believe that we're just supposed to be good all the time. That, yeah, we have the atonement of Christ if we absolutely need it, but that really we should just be good. It's only for really bad sinners. Or or maybe people think that it works for others, but not us specifically, right? And if you need it for, say, a pornography use, well, you must be a really terrible person. You've made a very grave mistake and sin, broken your mother's heart, and shattered your wife's confidence. You're terrible, and now you need the atonement of Jesus Christ. Church leaders are speaking out about this misconception more now, though, I think. They've addressed many of these issues and invite everyone to access the atonement of Jesus Christ. Because the truth is, we all need it. Desperately. We're all sinners. I just don't think it's helpful when you have a quote-unquote big sin like viewing pornography to add shame on top of all the emotions you're currently feeling. Whether you do big sins or little sins, we are all in the same boat here. We all need Christ's atonement or we won't be saved, right? So God suffered so that we don't have to if we repent. He didn't say that repenting means you have to beat yourself up. No, to repent is to make restitution where it's needed, change your life and move forward, leaving your sins behind you. Go and sin no more. When you beat yourself up for your sins, you're essentially not forgiving yourself and dragging the sins along with you. Satan tries to keep us stuck in shame rather than moving through the repentance process. He wants us in shame rather than guilt. Guilt and shame are not the same thing, but they're often used interchangeably, but they're actually not the same at all. Guilt says, I did something bad. Shame says, I am bad. Guilt is necessary for repentance. Shame is not. We need guilt to know that I did something bad, so now I can change and do something better and make my life better, right? Shame says I am bad and it just beats up on yourself and digs yourself deeper in the hole. Yes, viewing pornography is bad. It's a sin. It's serious. It has many negative consequences, particularly for long-term use and more so the impact it has on relationships, right? Especially for those who are married. However, you are not bad for using it. Your loved one is not bad for using it. They're human. Humans make mistakes. That was actually part of the plan of happiness our Heavenly Father presented to us. He has the way out. He is the way out. No matter what the mistake is, he offers his light and his forgiveness to us if we commit, like the woman taken in adultery, to go and sin no more. When we view pornography as this horrible thing and in turn make it mean that we are horrible people for viewing it, that's when shame comes in. That's when secrecy takes over and we live this pretend life for everyone around us, but inside we're just being eaten alive by this shame, right? And this is true for any behavior we have that we want to stop. Like if we want to stop yelling at our kids, we kind of hide from others that we yell at our kids, right? 
When we think we're terrible for what we've done and we feel shame, we actually end up perpetuating the undesired actions. So when someone feels ashamed of actions they're taking, they become secretive. They hide, they pretend, they get stressed out with this shame and secrecy, this pretend version of themselves that they're showing the world. And then the urge to do the undesired action, such as viewing pornography, grows stronger. They don't like feeling terrible. They give in to the urge to view pornography in an effort to feel better, and then they feel worse for giving in, right? They continue in this self-defeating cycle because of the way they're viewing themselves and the actions they're taking. So many people struggle in silence with this. When I was working through my own struggles, I had a bishop of a singles ward once tell me that 90% of the men in the ward were struggling with pornography. Now, for those who are not members of the same church as me, a ward is just a geographical area where people go to church together, right? So I know the ward is just one small area of the world, but it's more widespread than we realize. So many people suffer and struggle and resist and try to break free from these urges, these habits. Why is it so hard to overcome? If Christ's arms are open, why do so many people struggle? Now, it may not be 90% of all the people in the world, but there is a high number of people using it, right? If you look at the stats of how many people are viewing pornography every day, it'll surprise you at how much it is being used. But why is it a struggle for so many, right? It, it just comes back to what's going on in the brain. The brain likes to feel good. It wants to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and conserve energy. Viewing pornography checks all of these boxes, at least temporarily. So if someone is stressed out or in pain of some sort, particularly emotional pain, viewing pornography helps them feel better. They feel comforted, relieved, and physically pleased, if only for a little while. It helps them avoid pain and gives them that dopamine hit in their brain that says, that feels good. We should do that more. It solidifies it in the brain more and more every single time, creating a super highway in the brain that the brain can come to and offers up every time there's a negative emotion. They're like, oh, I feel bad. Let's view some pornography and feel better, right? So that urge comes to give in, right? But the brain also likes to conserve energy. It takes a lot of mental energy to resist an urge, to push against it and say, I won't, I won't do it. No, 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 right? But it also takes a lot of mental energy to do something new and allow the urge to be there while not acting on the urge. The brain doesn't like that. So it would rather just give in to viewing the pornography. It's easier. It's going to feel good. It's going to help me not feel as crummy, right? So I like to compare it to when people are trying to lose weight. They've planned out what they're going to eat and when they're going to eat it. And then they pass by the box of donuts at work. Donuts were not on the list of foods they were going to eat today. They may have an urge to take one. The brain is going to try to sell them on it because it wants that dopamine hit. It wants to feel good and avoid pain. Sticking to the diet can be uncomfortable if they're not used to it. The brain will say things like, it's just one donut. You've had a hard day. This will give you some good brain food to get the rest of the work done. Or you deserve it. You worked hard and stuck to your diet so well. One little treat should be fine. Or it might go to things like, what does it matter? You never stick to your diets anyway. You might as well eat the donut. It tastes good. The urge comes when you think, I want that. 
It's the same thing for pornography. Perhaps you see someone in revealing clothing at the beach, or perhaps you see an ad with someone attractive in it. The urge comes when you have thoughts about it, such as, I want that. That would feel good. The urge grows stronger when you resist it by thinking, I shouldn't want that. I should be good. I shouldn't do that. Right? When we tell ourselves we shouldn't do something, we actually have an increased desire for that thing. That's one reason why it can be hard for engaged couples or anyone dating, really, to keep their hands to themselves when they're alone. It's supposed to be off limits, which just increases the the desire to be closer. But that doesn't mean the feelings are bad. They're actually good and very desirable within marriage. The difficulty comes when you're constantly resisting and telling yourself you should do this or you shouldn't do that. Because of past experiences, the brain is going to try to sell you on viewing pornography. If thoughts like, I want that, it would feel good, don't work, it'll go, your brain will go to other thoughts like, you've never been able to stop completely, you always give in eventually, you might as well just get it over with. The brain is very good at selling you on things, right? But that doesn't mean that you're bad or weak for giving in. It doesn't mean your loved one is a horrible person or that they don't love you enough or that there's something wrong here. I want to stress the importance of this. Shame is the biggest emotion that will hold back a person trying to overcome pornography or any undesired action. Shame keeps you stuck. The solution is to focus on what's true. The truth is you're a human in the world. You made a mistake and that's okay. You are not bad. Your loved one is not bad for viewing pornography. It's all going to be okay. It actually makes a lot of sense when you think about what's going on in the brain, right? Now, I have so much more to say on this topic that I couldn't get to today, but so I want to make sure that you stick around for my follow-up episodes where I'm going to give some helpful tools for those struggling with pornography, like what to do when it comes up and how to handle these strong urges and these emotions, right? As well as some tools for those whose spouse or a loved one is struggling with pornography. How can you handle your own emotions? What can you do to help support them, right? And, an ex- and then another episode, I'm going to include an exclusive interview with someone who's gone through the process to overcome their urges to view pornography. Now, whether you're struggling with this yourself or you have a loved one who's struggling, there is help available. Sign up for a mini session with me at BinghamCoaching.com and get some personalized help on this topic or on any topic so you can start moving forward today. I'll talk to you soon. That's all I have for you today. If you liked what you heard and think you might be interested in getting coached or working with me, or you just want to learn more, you can visit my website at binghamcoaching.com. There, you can send me an email with any questions or topics you'd like covered on the podcast. Or if you're ready to take your life to the next level, you can sign up to get coached. Also, I would love it if you would leave me a review and share it with your friends. That way more people like you can find my podcast. And remember... When you choose your thoughts, you choose your life. See you next week.